Good morning, everybody. I want to welcome each and every one of you to Game Changers Devotional, where we believe that everybody shows up here because they're supposed to, and it's not an accident. Uh, I want to remind you that you can send out the call-in number to anybody you want to. You can dial in without having a code. Um, we don't ask anybody to uh, speak up and say anything unless they absolutely want to, and we get that opportunity after the, after the devotional uh, where you can um, offer anything that maybe you were touched by or something that you've experienced that could add to others, but we don't record that because we want that, that to be open. Um, uh, this morning, I'm going to leave the devotional, and <laughs> since COVID hit, we have been just uh, in a lifestyle that is basically isolated us. Um, and, and because of that, I've heard a lot of people uh, just get a lot of self-doubt about who they are and then thinking that they're not good enough. And I'm going to start out this morning with 2 Corinthians 12, 9, that he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, my, uh, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more uh, gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ uh, may rest upon me. And so, you know, a lot of people have had to start working from home. Uh, there's And students have, uh, having to finish the school year last year being virtual. They're starting the school year being virtual. So there's a whole wide array of things uh, that has, you know, put a lot of people in isolation. And I've said this before, uh, that the devil likes to isolate us. He likes to insulate us from others. And then he likes to eliminate us because he's been able to isolate and insulate us. Um, so I can see that happening to a lot of people, and I've heard people saying uh, lately, you know, I'm not smart enough, I'm not talented enough, I'm not gifted enough, I'm spiritual enough, I'm not outgoing enough, I'm not attractive enough, and you know, and you can just keep filling in the blank of what people think they're not good enough for. But you know, at the root of all of it. You know, it's just everybody's feeling I'm not good enough. And I say everybody. I know some people aren't, but, but a lot of people are. Uh, and it's, it's one of the devil's favorite deceptions, you know, to hold us as children of God hostage uh, to a life that, that's less than what God wants for us. Uh, I have a friend, and his name is Jeff. And Jeff is a wonderful Bible teacher. Uh, in my eyes, he has everything that I hope to be as a speaker and Bible teacher. He has the perfect deep voice uh, that's a deep bass voice, and he doesn't have my whiny tenor voice. He lives in the perfect home. His job is perfect. He is a partner at a big investment firm. Uh, his kids are sweet. His wife's perfect. His dog never has an accident in the house. His kids succeed in everything that they do. Uh, but that's not really the case. I sat down with Jeff one morning, and we had a lengthy discussion about life. And uh, he doesn't think that he's a good speaker. Uh, he thinks that he says things the wrong way, and he hates to hear his voice. Uh, his perfect home requires a lot of upkeep. Uh, his job is not always perfect. His kids are not always sweet. His wife's not perfect. His dog had an accident in the hall on the way to meet me for coffee, and he stepped in it. His daughter spent an entire year taking dance classes and following a workout plan only to not make the final cut for the LSU dance line. And I thought to myself, wait, I thought your life was perfect. Well, why? You know, because I thought that, you know, it, it, because I was seeing only the surface of everything. Um, 
you know, we let doubt creep in, and sometimes we become our own worst critic. We see all of our faults as we, we hear, you know, everything that we do wrong. We look at things and we see things that we think others see, uh, and, you know, we're just too hard on ourselves a lot of times. Then we compare ourselves to the perfect life that people put on social media. Uh, you know, I have very rarely seen anybody say uh, anything negative about their kid uh, on, on social media. They're, they're always, it's always the perfect, they've always made the, the 4-0, uh, they're on the dean's list, you know, they, they have a, you know, everything's just great. Uh, but when, in reality, they're, you know, struggling with things too. And we compare ourselves, well, I, I need to be as successful as this person because look at the vacation that they're taking. Um, you know, look, look how successful they, they are in their jobs. And sometimes we don't see, you know, through that. And we compare ourselves to that. And that is just a trap that we don't need to fall into. And then it, it happens in ministry. You know, we compare ourselves to what others do, and we try to be like them, and we say, if I could just be like me, if I could just be like Jeff, and I had that deep voice, and, and if I could do this like Jeff. But when we start comparing ourselves and trying to be like them, you know, that's not what God wants us to be. God wants us to be us and not try to be somebody uh, else. You know, the Bible gives us an example of a lot of people that weren't perfect. You know, David murdered and cheated. Jonah ran. He ran from God. Elijah couldn't hold himself together. Peter denied Jesus, and Paul persecuted Christians. You know, and the list you go, you know, Moses wasn't a good speaker. Gideon wasn't a good soldier. Eve wasn't a good wife. But through those imperfections, God still was able to use those people. And it reminds me of the verse that we started in in 2 Corinthians, you know, uh, you know, for my powers made perfect in weakness. You know, God knew that we were going to be weak, and but he uses those things to do, you know, some incredible things. You know, I said something about Moses, but in Exodus 4.10, um, it says, Moses raised another objection to God. Master, please, I don't talk well. I've never been good with words, neither before nor after you spoke to me. I stutter and I stammer. God said, and who do you think made the human mouth? And who makes some mute, some deaf, some sighted, some blind? Isn't it I, God? So get going. I'll be right there with you, with your mouth. I'll be right there to teach you what to say, he said. Oh, Master, please send somebody else. So even with God telling Moses, I've got this. You know, there were still weaknesses that Moses was struggling with. But we know that we go on the story, and you know, that with Moses, and we see some incredible things that, that Moses was, you know, a part of. On March the 19th, 2002, I sat on my dad's hospital bed as he took the last breath. You know, growing up, my dad was a musician and, and sang and was fortunate enough that he was able to, to play the bass guitar on a couple of Southern Gospel albums and traveled around the South, you know, playing and singing a good bit. And when I was a junior in high school, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, you know, for about a year, he went through chemo treatment. And uh, his smooth, tender voice uh, became brittle, and it was very hard for him to stay on pitch. And I thought, man, that's the end of my dad, you know, going and singing. Uh, but it seemed like that he was asked even more to come sing and give his testimony in churches 
and, and in my mind, it, the singing was horrible. And you know, he was not really that great of a speaker. People were constantly coming up to me and telling me how much my dad had blessed them the song and his testimony after he had you know, gone through his, his treatments. Um, but see, my dad sang from his heart. And he continued to sing because he didn't care what his imperfections were. He was just willing to follow what he had been commanded to do, to do. You know, at that moment when my dad took his last breath, I'll tell you, I wanted to hear that imperfect voice saying, I'd rather have Jesus more than anything just one more time. Uh, I would love to hear him give his testimony in the most imperfect way and use the wrong words and uh, stumble around on it. I wish that, you know, that I had learned a long time ago that God used his imperfections to minister to others and my dad didn't care. He just cared about following what God had asked him to do, and he let God take over. And that's why people were touched by him. Many of you heard me talk about my son. My son is 19 years old. He's 6'4 and 325 pounds. And for the last few years, he's been on a journey. Uh, he quit football because of injuries in his junior year of high school. Uh, people thought... People that he thought was his friends stopped talking to him. Uh, and everywhere he would go, people questioned him about quitting football. <clears throat> we couldn't go anywhere that someone didn't want to stop and talk to him about football. Uh, we would walk in the door to Academy Sports, and the person at the door would say, Whew, I bet some coach just loves you. I know you play football. And he just constantly it made my son feel like that he had no identity except football. And he was constantly dealing with, I'm not good enough. People think I'm not good enough. Last week, he had the privilege to work and serve folks uh, affected by Hurricane Laura in Alexandria and Pineville in the areas we live. And he also went to Lake Charles. He raked leaves. He cut trees. He did more yard work than he's ever done in his life. But he said this week he was reminded that as big as he is, storms are bigger. And as big as the storms may get, he served a God who is bigger and can silence that storm in a heartbeat. He realized that asking for help is hard, but being able to help is a blessing. He quoted me, um, somebody, I think a pastor said one time, you have to get comfortable with the ridiculous to see the miraculous. Now, my son does not like yard work, but in the middle of all this, he worked from in the morning, left at 6 o'clock, and came in at 11 o'clock one night and had worked all day. You know, he said that there's still people who need help and, and always will, and God calls us to help and spread the gospel. He told me that he had the hardest time realizing you don't need to have a degree in ministry to you know, be in the ministry. All you have to have is a heart to worship and eyes that are open. And he quoted the scripture to me in Romans 8:28. God promises to make something good out of the storms that bring devastation to your life. Now, um, this is some things that I want to, you know, just kind of go through quickly and just remind you. But in Isaiah 43:4, it reminds us that we are precious in love because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. Uh, we're reminded that we're wonderfully made in Psalms 139:14. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, it says in Deuteronomy 7:6 uh, that we're treasured for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the people who are uh, on the face of the earth. 
And then we, we remember in John 15:19 that we're chosen. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong uh, to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. In Isaiah 49:16, it reminds us that we're known and remembered. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hand. Your walls are continually before me. And so those are some reminders that, you know, we don't think we're good enough. God, you know, we, we're, we're good enough, you know, uh, you know to, to do God's ministry and do God's work. Now, I have to say, I have to remember that without God, you know, we'll never be enough. Uh, I think I've heard Julie Chapman say on this call, when I try to take over, it usually messes things up, you know. Without God, you know, we're sinful, we're wretched, capable of, you know, nothing good. And Isaiah 64, 6 reminds us uh, all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. So we have to remember also that God's going to use us. He's going to take our weaknesses that we have, and he's going to use those. And, and once again, Second Corinthians 12, 10, that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties for when I am weak, then I am strong. So I'm going to urge you this next few weeks and over the next few months, don't fall in the trap that you're not good enough. You are good enough. God has made you, you know, the Bible says he knows the hairs on your head are numbered. And he cares about you, and he wants you to have that relationship with him. And so when we could easily fall into the trap, I want to urge you not to fall off into that, uh, that you're good enough. And, and as hard as it is to stay away from that, uh, I want you to you know, realize that, and God wants you to know that. Phil, thank you so much for this day that you've given us. Dear God, I know that some days that we have, people that come into our path that make us feel like we're not good enough, dear God. I just pray that you would help us to overcome that, uh, that then you, know, you would use whatever our weaknesses may be when somebody comes and maybe tries to identify those, that you would turn that around and in our weakness that, you know, we would be able to witness for you, dear God. And I just pray that uh, if people on this call may be uh, having some doubts that they're they're good enough to, to be in ministry, dear God, and to share your word that, that you would remind them that they are, then you'll take care of that. I just pray that you would be with each and every person on this call. I the prayer requests that they have, dear God. I, I don't know all of them, but you do. And we lift those up to you and know that you'll take care of them. And, uh, dear Lord, I thank you so much for this day and, and so much for sending your son to die on the cross and, uh, and that you thought enough of us that, to, know that, to let us know that we're good enough. These things I ask in your name. Amen.